This podcast is brought to you by the Trinity Whip Company. Battling daily whip fever? Sadly, there is no cure, only treatment. More whips. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship in form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Burning. TrinityWhipCo.com Or look for the link on our main page. TheFedoraChronicles.com This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. On episode 52 of the Metaphysical Connection, Jim Loretta, Walt Schnabel, and Eric Render King Fisk talk about social media of today and the singularity of the future. What is a singularity? What is hyperconnectivity? Are people losing their humanity thanks to technology while machines are becoming more human? We also point to movies like 2001 A Space Odyssey and The Terminator as examples of what our future might hold. With that said, thanks for listening and enjoy the show. <laughs> I am, I, I, the word is doing, I am doing. Why, what's the matter, man? Nothing. My life right now is just extremely busy with uh, getting the house ready for sale, you know, staging, moving furniture, okay. touching up paint, getting the pond, working in the yard, all that crap. Oh, we got to talk about the koi ponds, you I, and me both. I was going to ask you, who are you doing, but I guess... <laughs> No, that's maybe 30 years ago. Oh, right. I guess I was in a time warp. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. How are you guys doing? Well, you know, because we were, we were just talking about your vacation and we're and, uh, and if whether or not, you know, how, how you came back and if you were still dressed for Florida. How, how did you put it, Walt? I, I was wondering if you're still wearing the Bermudas with the... Uh, the knee-high nylon compression socks, or have you given? Have you given <laughs> yeah, those up? and my dress and my dress suit, shoes and a capuluch. Nice, <laughs> nice, and a white and a white and a white white yeah. plastic belt, no doubt. <laughs> Authentic Corinthian leather. Yeah, and a ma- and a mattress shirt. Yep. There you go. Why, why not? So so. Aloha. So that was Florida. Was I read five books and I got some sun and I got to relax. I know I knew I needed it because I knew I was going to hit the ground running when I got home. So. Cool. So, um, yeah. how, I, about you, how about you guys? What you been doing? Um, I was up in Portland for a week, um, just basically hanging out. Okay. And, okay. Nice. Know, doing the Portlandia experience. All right. Um, Excellent. Hanging out's good. Yeah. Uh, nothing. I mean, we were we were helping Zach out with his new condominium and stuff. So that sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm oh, Zach got a new condo. That's great. And yeah. Eric, how about you? Um, I, I spent two weeks in hell because the thing is, is that, um, well, you were gone and, um, you were, you were really, you were really missed. We, I think that we really missed you. We still, we had a great show, but we still missed you. I, I, I really missed the sound of your laughter. Well, thank you. And I missed, I missed your news item. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, okay. so. Well, Jim, we're I, back. <laughs> Jim, I was wondering, um, I, you got, you sent an email out about the, the, uh, book on Gobekli Tepe. Uh, did you, did you read that while you were away? Yeah. What yeah, was your What I was your? it over vacation. You want to do a mini uh, mini review of that? Extremely, ex, yeah, extremely well researched. Um, a lot of extraneous stuff that he tried to connect to the Gobekli Tepe. Um, I thought the artist rendering of the Watchers or the Anunnaki was extremely interesting. He, mm-hmm. uh, someone did a, an artist that does like RKO artistry, did like a 3D rendering of what they possibly look, thought that was interesting. But the mm-hmm. long and the sh- short of it is, 
I came up short at the end, and I, and I feel like, of course, you have to because there is no concrete knowledge about it. It's, you have to speculate intelligently, and that's, I think that's what the book did, but it yeah. left me mm-hmm. uh, still with a question mark like, uh, who built it? Who were they? Uh, it just, you know, that's, that's kind of what I'm left with. And well done, nice piece of research, but uh, it just left me kind of nowhere. Okay. So what the, one of the questions that I would really like to ask the two of you is that, well, first of all, what's the name of the book? Oh, um, it's Go- Gobekli Tempe, uh, the, the Genesis of the Gods. So right. basically, they in the book, you know, I can't fault it. He went back to the Bible and he went back to ancient legends. I mean, he researched the heck out of it. He, I think he went to like, uh, he traveled, interviewed people, he tracked down legends and uh you know, it seemed to like uh, be uh, like linked to the Garden of Eden, the legends of the Garden of Eden, and he felt that like uh, Gobekli Tempe was like a part of the garden, and uh, I think he made a good case for that. Uh, I thought it was well. Done. I mean, I'm not downing the book. Don't get me wrong. Uh, may I, me, I always lust after. Oh God, I wish I had like transvision so I could see the past and know exactly yeah, yeah. what the heck took place, but. He did a pretty good job of, uh, of researching it out as far as I think he can go with it. I think that for me is that there are a lot of people who will just read like the headlines. They'll just read. They won't actually like read the book. Um, like I ran into a lot. Of, oh, OK. I, I ran into a lot of um, backlash when I did my first review of a Phil Copen's book. And it was pretty clear that the okay. people who were like bashing the topic, they actually didn't read the fact that people like Phil Copen's and, and the author of. Gobekli Temple, Genesis, what uh, Genesis of Genesis the Gods. of the Gods, yeah. And the thing is, is that it's like you read a lot of like reviews for these books, and it's pretty clear that people are trashing books like this for being pseudo archaeology or pseudo science. But the the fact of the matter is, is that these people really put their butts on the line, and they 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 really do the research. It's really not a lot of speculation. It's speculation based on genuine research. It's an ex- it's an extension. I'm, I mean, and it, it's a it's a, a logical extension of yes. the research. It's uh, exactly. an extrapolation. Exactly. Did, upon did you it. buy the book yet, uh, uh, anybody? No, I was waiting for you to, to weigh I'm, in on it, and what? I was waiting waiting for you to weigh in okay, on it. Okay, if anybody if, any, <clears throat> if anybody wants to read it, I'll I'll, I'll send it to you because I'm done with it. Yeah, send it to me. I read it cover to cover. It's okay. Well, it's good. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, you really have to hang in there with it because yeah, uh, yeah. a lot of research, a lot of research. The, the thing he that tries I think, to make connections. The thing that I think is important about the topic is that um, no no lesser personage than than Graham Hancock believes that Gobekli Tepe is the smoking gun for ancient evidence for ancient civilizations, advanced uh, advanced ancient yes, civilizations, yes. right? Which which to me is probably the most important yeah. thing. Um, like you said, there's no real hard evidence other than the existing structures there. I was actually going through, <clears throat> but there's no really, there's no real documentation. On no, that I, and the thing is, is that how could there have been? We did a show a couple of months ago, and and one of the things that we had sort of laid out, and I think it was Graham Hancock and other people had 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 pointed out that it's like the way that some of these ancient locations, some of these ancient sites, are laid out very much like circuit boards. Yeah. And 
and and the mm-hmm. thing is, is that and we sort of like wonder. It's like did did somebody just to use the word Anunnaki as an example, um, or I mean, who, ancient aliens or whatever? Did they build some kind of ancient machine on the surface of the planet as some kind of global computer or global machine to do some kind of work? And Gobi Tempe seems to be, have been like the hub of all of this, like some kind of like central command or central CPU or something. And it sounds really far out, but when you look at the way things are laid out, you, you sort of have to scratch your head and say, "What's up with that?" Well, I think I think the basic premise is that there <clears throat> there was a, there was a system of energy collection, whatever that energy and gold mining. Well, gold mining too, but that's another whole thing. Um, <clears throat> you know, Gobekli Tepe may have been like a, a, uh, a collection point for that. And, and then it was disseminated from there. Like in, in our grid, we have um, stations where, mm-hmm. you know, where there's a collection of generators or, or whatever it is that, or switches, I guess, maybe, yeah, right. that, that transmit the energy to... Transfer you know, stations. To, transfer station, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's what it is. I couldn't think of the term. So maybe it was, would be something like that. But yeah. there was clearly a global network of, of these kinds of things that was used probably for energy collection and communication, maybe, you know, some, or of whatever type, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I go, I, <clears throat> I go along with that. I mean, Graham, Graham Hancock, of course, you know, he did the introduction, so, like, he right. weighed in on it. Right. And I thought it was very interesting that uh, this author <clears throat> tried to tie Gobekli Tepe into, like, the Lost Garden of Eden, and he made a pretty good case for it. Um, so... Um, it was an interesting read, but you, it's intense. The amount of re- research and information is it. So you have to like just like you know kind of hang with it. But uh, it was interesting, and he just felt that Gobekli Tempe was like part of the garden, located in the garden, and uh, in the area of like uh, you know Armenia, uh, Mount Ararat, that whole that whole area, Turkey. That's where he kind of uh, pegged paradise to bit to. Yeah, Mount, yeah, Mount like southern southern Turkey. And he tracked down and, certain uh, legends and stuff. Southern yeah. Turkey mm-hmm. and yeah. um, northern Syria, I guess, is where the area yeah. is. Yeah. One of the things I want to inter- yeah. One of the things I want to interject here really quickly for our listeners is that we have a a, a, a severe windstorm. Would you call it a severe windstorm, Walt? A gusting wind. A yeah. gusting wind. And the thing is, is that obviously the, the the cable is being rattled around outside. So, like once in a while, we lose Jim for like a microsecond or two so yeah you're breaking up a little bit jim but no, it's it's not unbearable though but we just want to give a warning out to our well listeners. at least at least this week you're not blaming it on me <laughs> <laughs> well i was going to ask you about your mouse but <laughs> jim jim before it was jim what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing and i'm saying i'm not doing anything i'm sitting here so like thanks for like not blaming on me this time <laughs> I, you know what i'm actually going to blame the phantom power on my okay. uh, on my pv10 right. mixing board which is about okay. the size of a of a small Buick sitting here. So I think that oh, okay. I think one of the problems okay. that we had the last time is that somebody accidentally turned on the Phantom Power. So okay, I'm gonna blame. Is that like the um, Phantom Menace? Thing, you know, I know this will upset Eric, but make Walt very pleased. You're gonna see the Anunnaki mentioned in here. Oh, I oh I'm, I'm not upset. And he at links all. them to the. <laughs> you mean and the he book? links them to the Watchers. Yeah, I, I think that's it's all connected. Um, and uh, I, I actually, I tried to send you guys uh, the artist rendering of the Watchers. Did you get my that email? Did it ever come through? The thing I didn't is, see it. How is it that you're on vacation, but you're sending me a ton of news items and you're sending me a ton of emails? I thought you were on vacation. I mean, it. it the, the yeah, emails... but part of my vacation is I check my news feeds in the morning because it's fun, and if there's anything interesting, I send it off to you. I thought that was awesome. 
him. I mean, it was like he's he's working on his vacation. But I enjoy that. That's not work to me for me. Jim, 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 spamming I, never I like sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> I would not spam though. Ask Walt about Jim and his like need to work. <laughs> we we actually talked about that earlier this week. It's it's in his yeah. it's in it's in his DNA. Yeah. He's a news hound. Yeah, I'm somewhat driven. I, I, you know, uh, my, my, my wife is the same way. Uh, the, the realtor just called us and said, like, uh, well, you know, we, we need to get the pictures done. You're going to send a guy, and we need to get rolling here. And he says, well, have you had a chance to do any of the things we suggested? And I said, are you kidding? We're done. And he started laughing. He says, really? I says, yeah, you don't know me and my wife. We're finished. Everything. We're ready. <laughs> so... All right. Jim's well, casual, casual, laid-back approach to life. Yeah, Jim. Jim is the original multitasker. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I, I, I don't doubt it because the thing is, is that you send us so much stuff, and it, and it, it was just like, I mean, I, I can't. And I, fil- and I filter it. I only try to send you good stuff. Uh, and it was just like the thing is, is that it was just like, I mean, I don't even have that much time to go through this. So I mean, you're a machine. Don't well, it's stop. not that time-consuming. Uh, you know, back in the day when I. So I, uh, I took the Evelyn Wood speed reading course like, I don't know, 40 years ago. And um, I don't like reading that way because it's not enjoyable, but I, I put it to use. I can skim quickly through an article and get the meat of it. So it doesn't take me a, that long really to go through this stuff. So. The, the Evelyn Woodhead speed <laughs> speed reading oh speed reading course. <laughs> you know, you that's notice a, that's Eric, a, a riff. You give Walt like one little tidbit of anything, and he goes off. That's oh. a riff on Cheech and Chong. They had a, they had a thing about that. I I I, 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 th- that. I think that it's amazing how. I mean, the thing is, is that I thought I was the biggest pervert I knew until I actually met, like, really got to know Walt. <laughs> Come on, that's a that's a bad rap. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jim, one of the, one of the things you sent out fairly recently was from um, NASA is <clears throat> contemplating putting some kind of magnetic shield on Mars. Yeah, to to colonize they, it. Can you can you elaborate they, on that a little bit? Or? They didn't elaborate. They just said that they're working on the possible technology that maybe in twenty years they could they could send somehow send something there and set up a restore the magnetic field of Mars and therefore the um, atmosphere could start growing again and if it warmed up like three or four degrees it would melt the carbon dioxide that's locked in the soil and on the polar caps and that would you know that would add to the atmosphere and then it would like kind of take off so but they didn't get specific about how they were going to do that but if they're talking about it they must be way ahead on their thinking and in their research so i just thought that was fascinating they never ever release anything. i mean we know we know from from Fred that the atmosphere got ripped away probably in some type of either cataclysm or a war they had or whatever I want to interject here my two semesters of geology that I took uh, in college. The reason why we have such a strong magnetic field is because we have an iron and lead and plutonium core. All the, the, all the heavy metals have sunk. Well, most of the heavy metals have sunk to the core. And the thing is, is that the core of the planet, the molten core, the iron core, is also spinning as we're spinning. And if you know anything about anything magnetic that spins, what does it do? It creates a magnetic field, and that's right. exactly what we're enjoying mm-hmm. right now. The the magnetic field around the planet is created by this this spinning core in the center, and the reason why Mars 
had lost its core or lost its magnetic field is because the core stopped spinning because it cooled down and it solidified, allegedly. Now, are they going to try and figure out a way to make the, the mantle, everything under the mantle, a, a liquid again? And are they going to try and spin the, the, the core of the planet again? Or are, are they talking about some kind of artificial giant magnetron that they're going to put at the, at, the, at the South Pole and the North Pole? That's what I'd like to know. Well, they, that's interesting, but they didn't go into that. And you, you just gave me, gave me my segue for one of the articles uh, that they wonder if something's not happening with the core of our planet because uh, right now there are 35 volcanoes across the planet that are, that are erupting. Uh, there's an extreme amount of volcanic activity. Um, I just thought that that was kind of like a, a kind of a heads up. Uh, one of them in the Barren Islands uh, that's been dormant for 150 years just erupted. So... They're waking up, and there are a lot of them. And they just speculate. They wonder if something's going on with the with the core, and maybe linked to the mantle. I don't know, but I thought that was interesting. I know they're they're having geologic activity in places where it's not common, like Oklahoma. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. very uncommon to feel any kind of tremors or anything there, and they're they're experiencing a lot of that. So so that's another indication that something's. Not well, you know. It, it could be a natural um, force, you know, something changing. It could, it could yeah. have something to do with the sun changing, because um, the sun could has be linked. A, to, could be linked to fracking too. Cause well, okay, a lot yeah, of that it, could, it could be. It's a combination it of yeah. all three, I believe. Yeah, it could be. Um, but yeah, yeah it was definitely right, right on there. Yeah. Definitely something changing. Something, mm-hmm. something's not, not the way it was. Well, I mean, if you look at everything that we've been doing to the planet for the past two hundred years, I mean, everything comes at a cost. If you cut down, yeah. if you cut down all the forests and you harvest all of that lumber, there's a cost. If you're putting holes into the ground and you're creating these these vacuum pockets or these empty pockets underneath um, or within the mantle. <laughs> That's that's going to have an effect. And now the thing mm-hmm. is, is that it's like I know that these these may seem to be you know microscopic in the grand scheme of things, microscopic empty pockets. But I mean, it's like if you were to pull all the oil out from underneath Saudi Arabia or Texas, and you had this giant vacuum underneath or this giant cavity, what would happen? I mean, the mm-hmm. laws of gravity would dictate that something something would have to fill that. Now, well, I, I wonder if the the uh preponderance of sinkholes that have been showing up are linked to all this too yeah, i've never point. seen yeah. so much reporting on sinkholes that's a good point yeah and also the sinkholes could just be a product of just poor construction or poor land management mm-hmm. or just just things being out of sync yeah yeah out of sync yeah correct um so yeah i mean there's i think those are all indicators that something's something's changing mm-hmm. and probably not for the better no thing. well i mean the no. thing is is that it's like if the planet is a one large organ Organism, a living organism. It's not too hard to imagine that if it is some kind of living organism, and we could be some kind of like we could be like fleas on the back of a dog, and and this living organism, whatever you want to call it, you can call it Gaia or Gia or Mother Nature or whatever. She's she's gonna just shake really hard and and just get all the all the fleas off of her somehow, some way, and this could be just one way of it happening. Or it's I, just I think that's a good analogy. Or or they could put a big flea collar around the equator. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a radioactive belt. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Oh god! Of, All right. Well, talking fun. about things being out of sync, I, I sent you guys an article on. Um, it's the first thing, I first solid piece of science I've ever seen on why it's better to eat organic. And I, I'd like to speculate. Let me. Let me first. Let me talk about this just briefly. 
they they have found that in in the fruit that is organic, there are there are certain uh, rather bitter tasting um, substances called phytoalexins, and the big agri farms uh, they want the consumers to like have their stuff tasting sweet all the time, so they've kind of bred this um, these salvestrols out. But in the organic fruits and vegetables that aren't sprayed, because the spraying kind of uh, kills these things, um, uh, you take them in, and what they do is they call they cause apoptosis and uh, and um, cancer cells. So they're anti-cancer because of the substances that they have in them, and then when they spray them with fungicides and pesticides and um, and so forth, uh, they kill all these things off. And I, I like to speculate before we discuss this. I'm just wondering if there's not a larger agenda since it's planet-wide, uh, a long-term goal to like depopulate the planet because the uh, powers that be think there's too many of us on this on this on this orb. I'd like to know what you guys think about that. But it's, that's why it's better to eat organic because it's it's healthy. And why is it healthy? Because these things that are organic contains nutrients that kill cancer. I, I was <clears throat> on a sort of um, connected topic. Um, I, I was listening to this guy talk about, um, it's called a ketotonic diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and basically what it is, it's, it's a simulation of the way humans would have eaten when we were hunter-gatherers. Okay. <clears throat> and this is not going to connect with, with vegetarianism for you, Jim. No. But, um, right. What, what his basic assertion is, is that when we were hunter-gatherers, we were not living, our cells were not um, living off of glucose. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were living off of ketones, which, which is really a more um, efficient fuel, which, yes. which, which helps the cell to, to work more efficiently yeah. and thus feed the brain more efficiently with oxygen. Mm-hmm. So his, his, this guy's a PhD. Um, so his research into it was initially done um, to put people with epilepsy on this diet and, and found that the symptoms of ep- epilepsy when people are on this diet for a while really, really uh, diminished quite a bit. And then they also found that it worked with diabetics yeah. as well. So the so the basic idea is to not um, not feed the cell with with glucose, which comes from basically from carbohydrates, and and like you were saying, the organic fruit does not taste as sweet. So in essence, it doesn't have as much sugar in it. Exactly. And and that's what he was saying. He was saying that you know back in hunter hunter at the hunter gathering stage, if people had apples, say. You know, they'd have wild apples, which would be more like crab apples, which were probably bitter. You know, absolutely, yeah. But they didn't have as much carbohydrates attached to them. Mm-hmm. So we're not, we're not humans. We're not creating glucose and that makes, yeah, that, that makes sense because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the um, you know, uh, modern maladies that affect us uh, have been linked to, partly to sugar. Oh, it's absolutely, like yeah, way totally. too much Completely. consumption of sugar. Well, I mean, one of the issues that we have here in the United States, or if not the Western world, but especially the United States, obesity is a horrible epi- epidemic. They say that somewhere between a fourth and a third of, of Americans are obese, clinically obese. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the hu- biggest issues with that is that, well, what comes with obesity? And how is it that the poorest among us 
are so obese. And you look at the diets of poor people and what, I mean, look at what they're eating. They're eating like inexpensive food. They're eating cheap food because, well, I mean, it costs less money, obviously. So, yeah, with lots of high fructose corn syrup. Well, high exactly. fructose corn syrup. Or carbohydrates. Is in basically. everything. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, is that you look at this and you could make a case that there is a systematic, uh, there's a systematic attempt to delete the, quote, surplus population, unquote. Yeah, I, 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 that's kind of where my head's going. And um, I mean, if uh, people want to get up in arms about racism, that's one thing they should look at because really it's the, that type of food it's it's promoted in predominantly poor areas, especially, and it's. I mean, if you know where I'm going with this. Oh yeah, like, yeah, uh, clearly, yeah, clearly. It's 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 almost obvious, really. Yeah, when you yeah, look it at is. it. Yeah. You know, and and if you could if you could eliminate sugar from yeah. people's diets, and you really if you, should, if you could just, you yeah, try. but most people don't want to do that. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'll bet you that the obesity rate would you know would go way would way plum- down. It would plummet. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, well, people are still going to eat probably like a lot of bread and stuff like that but which which has carbohydrates and well but i mean like pure sugar like cake and you know yeah that kind of stuff but i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you something but you can't do that and, i mean and you can't this, legislate that kind of stuff. this this is going to sound counterintuitive carol and i for the past year have been on this program called lucky 13 out of burlington and it is an entire the three tier is body mind and spirit Get, getting your act together in those those realms Carol and I cut out almost all bread, almost all processed foods. Everything that we eat, we try and eat organic as much as possible. We've cut out almost all soda, and we've also cut down a lot on our alcohol consumption, with the exception of wine. And and the thing is, is that I have more energy. I'm 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 not like crashing in the middle of the afternoon. I'm not as dependent on caffeine as I used to be. And on top of that, I mean, you know, I have Carol and I practically ran up the hill on this morning's walk and we're eating less uh-huh. whereas and it's like we are not we don't have these <clears throat> giant pu- buffets on the table that the way that we used to okay. carol and i ate like maybe just a, a couple of mere ounces of pork last night a, t- a tiny salad and and we and we were satisfied of before the night and sounds like you're on the right track and we're shedding pounds like crazy i mean That's great. you That's should great. you should look at my wife not too closely now <laughs> I noticed there were pounds all over the house when I got here. They were just, they were just <laughs> yeah. all over the place. But I mean, hey, you know, <laughs> going back to what you said about uh, epilepsy and um, uh, Parkinson's, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis was a prophet because he, he, he made a song about it. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. <laughs> <laughs> I know my, my grandfather really liked that song. Yeah. Especially when his hand shook. <laughs> Oh God! There's something wrong with me. But, um, yeah, there. Oh, that's that's clear. I, I'm, 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 I'm hoping. I'm hoping that I'm right. That the two. Um, the, the, two the, the 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 thing is that how, how does that get out to the to the general public? I mean. Generally, people go to the grocery store and, you know, you go into a grocery store and you look at what people have in their carts. You know, they have big boxes of, of little mm-hmm. Debbie cakes. And, and but, but how do you disseminate that information to people to, to sort of it's like people who smoke, you know, yeah. 
there isn't anybody in the world who doesn't know that smoking is horrendous for if your health. You smoke, but people still do it. If you, know? you smoke only one pack of day, one pack a day, you are spending more than three thousand dollars a year on smoking. And Not to mention what what that's going to do to your to health costs you know, well, down the road. Well, you're going to be paying let, in let, health let costs. Me, let me finish my point here. If if you are on the lower end of the of of the income spectrum, if all you make is a minimum wage, you could be spending up to a quarter or a fifth of your income just on smoking. And uh-huh. the vast majority of the people who smoke are the people who are on the lower end of the income spectrum. And, uh-huh. and the thing is, every time that they, they put on a new tax, they say, we're, we're doing this to, to, to help the poor, to have the programs, to the health programs. That money never makes it into those programs. And well, the thing is, is that all they can do after they spend all this money on cigarettes, what they're going to buy the cheapest food that they possibly can. And that has all the additives, preservatives, artificial flavors and colors, and the high fructose corn syrup. So they're getting a one-two punch. They're getting, they're, 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 they're being, I mean, is this, is this genocide? Is this? Uh, I think so. The information on the food that Walt talked about, how do you disseminate it? It's there. It's just suppressed like everything else. Right. It's suppression by omission. They just don't put it out there because they control the media. And, and everything is geared toward, I, I think what it really comes down to is frequency that people are vibrating at. And, and yeah. everything is, yeah. is geared toward keeping people vibrating at a lower frequency. So they That's will, a good point. They That's will a good need point. to go buy cigarettes or, you know, mm-hmm. 12 packs of butt or, or whatever it is that, that makes them happy or, That's you know, feeds point. their pleasure That's center, you know, because they're vibrating at a lower level. Now, the, the real question is, how do you, how do you change that? Yeah, mm. that's that's a tough one. Well, education, but then we, then we're back in that loop. Well, how do they get the education? Right, right. The information is like not put out there. Right. And Talk about so. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean everything is geared toward keep keeping people yeah. um, in that at that stage. Well, lower end. Of, Ta- lo- talking lower end about of, suppression, let me segue yeah. into. I came across an interesting article that the number of suppressed patents in the U.S. Patent Office is on the rise. And it seems like they have their shills in the patent office, and anything that's going to threaten the status quo, they um, they kind of put gag orders on the applications uh, under the Invention Secrecy Act of 1951. So any inventor who breaks the gag order can be prosecuted and lose their patent rights and face fines in prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's probably a lot of stuff that has is coming down the line and has come down the line. It's just shelved and Gets suppressed yeah. because yeah. It, it threatens the, the bottom line. Yeah, we could go back and ask Tesla about that. Oh, yeah. yeah I think, really. I think Tesla yeah. was the first one to be a victim of this that we know of. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he had the, you know, he had the big ideas. He had like an idea for free energy. Which you know was How was not received out. well by the uh, by, <laughs> by the uh, West Penra refers to who we're going to talk about today refers to them as the controllers. Yeah, you know they, uh-huh. they basically control everything and control what gets out there and what doesn't. You know, so uh-huh. there you go. You know, they they put him they they made him look like a you know like he was a nut when what he was saying was you know what was best for the human race. But not yeah. best for these yeah. people who control the human race. No. Yeah, well, if you want to, if you want to ferret out the truth, uh, did you guys get the article I sent on reverse speech? It seems that um, 
There's a phenomenon uh, called reverse speech. And basically, uh, if you uh, take human speech and play it backwards, amongst all the gibberish uh, at short intervals, you can hear very clear statements that are truthful. And uh, it first gained notoriety uh, back in the 80s when people said uh, in rock and roll, like, you know, if you play uh, uh, the Beatles music backwards, right. like there was a message in oh, it, it goes after further you back guys have heard that. Than, than the 80s. Well, the, yeah. the Beatles the were, 80s. that was the 60s, yeah. or late 60s, early 70s, maybe, when they were talking about yeah. that. Yeah, that was a big thing back then. People were taking their records and, you know, making it go backwards with their finger and stuff to see what they could hear. Whereas, like, this, this guy's an Australian, uh, David John Oates. He actually has a, re a reverse speech forum, and he says that there are messages uh, of truth that you can detect if you take speech and play it backwards. And I just thought uh, that was pretty interesting. I don't know what you guys think about it, if you've come across it before. Um, Art Bell had um, a guest on his show. Uh, maybe it's the same gentleman from Australia, but the thing is, is that the issue that I had with him was that he would take people's speech and play it backwards, but then rearrange the, the backwards speech to make it sound what it is that he wanted to say, like the words were out of order. And it's no. like, you know... Oh, so he rearranged it. So he like rearranged it, to make it? it to make it sound huh. like what it is. I, I mean, I don't... I, I mean, for me, the thing is, is that as soon as you start altering it to make it sa say what you want it to say, I think your credibility is gone. But I think that it's like if you were to play... Like, you play some things backwards. And it's like, oftentimes, you hear what it is that you want to hear. It's no different than when you look at, if you look at, like, the, the stone tile in my in my kitchen or, or bathroom, and you look at it long enough, you can see faces. You can see, you can see pictures. Because your mind puts, tries to put things together. But then the thing is, is that it's like, if I, if I tell, if I'm telling Walt a lie, and Walt is able to play my words backwards, and he can hear me say the, the truth, I think that that would be very interesting, but could you make that evidence admissible in, in, a, in a court of law? Or, or, or well, what? I have a, I have a piece of plywood out in my dojo floor that has Hitler and Eva Brown trapped in the <laughs> in the grain. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a dog there too? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't see the dog. Just them. <laughs> I, 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 I do I do think there's something to language in terms of the resonance of it. Mm, yes. um, and, and apparently there's there's a vibrational quality and, and people like Shakespeare apparently had that knowledge and um, the, the language that he used um, reverberated somehow, which yeah. is probably accounts for the longevity of it, why Shakespeare is still popular. It, it resonated with people on some some level. You can't uh, just and, and maybe that's true of the reverse speech. You, you know, just, may, maybe that's part of the whole thing. You know, if there must be some reason for that, you just can't read Shakespeare and just you have to say the words out loud to really sort of get the emotion of it. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing with a lot of poetry and a lot of verse. You, you you just can't read it and and just let it sink in. If you but if you say it out loud, you can actually hear in the vibration in, of your of your voice the the deeper secret hidden emotional meaning to it. I think You know what? I can validate that. As I was growing up, I was fortunate to have a mother that was well-educated and, and she used to quote Shakespeare to me in certain situations where it was apropos and I didn't know my ass from hole in the ground yet whatever she said brought me up short and it resonated within me somehow and it just, those things have stuck with me forever. Mm -hmm. I still hear them. For, for, that very, for that very reason. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they do resonate at some 
frequency that um, I don't know accesses a, a, a higher yeah, yeah. a higher self maybe mm-hmm. um, you know a more spiritual self or something and uh, well let me segue I think there's with a that, reason Walt. for that <clears throat> let me segue with that this kind of this kind of goes into my final article here uh, it was, it, I, I excerpted from a, an, a longer article on the dangers of electromagnetic frequencies from cell phones and Wi-Fi and so forth. And uh, this, the nitty-gritty of it, and this talks about frequency walk mm-hmm. and, and what you were just talking about. Right. Is that the DNA acts as like a f- uh, electrical engineers say that DNA looks like a fractal antenna, and vary it picks up various frequencies and reacts to them, and be and the these uh, the Wi-Fi signals, um, you know, uh, uh, microwave ovens, et cetera, et cetera. They they vibrate the DNA strands and they break. And um, down the road, he, they feel that this can lead to you know cancer and other diseases. Not overnight. It's hard to make a link because it doesn't happen overnight. But they're saying that there's a definite link between uh, what's happening with the, the Wi-Fi wide range of Wi-Fi frequencies and what's going on with our DNA. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like we're um, receptors. Yeah, we are exactly for, for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and if there's an, a bombardment of some kind of a frequency that's not compatible with the natural frequency of the of the human body, then that's right. going to cause issues with um, even yeah. at a, at a very microscopic level. Yeah, which may be more important than anything. Yeah, really. what, 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 and, and what, the the Wi-Fi signals create free radicals in your body. What mm-hmm. they do is they cause electrons to transfer, and it makes a it it, it makes a uh, uh, you know a radical that's uh, wants wants to take on oxygen and oxidize. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's well, really unhealthy for the hum- body. Humans are becoming less fertile too. It's, oh it's, yeah, it's been studied that um, male sperm is becoming less and less viable. And on the other side of the coin, the female eggs are not as re- receptive yeah. to being fertilized by the by the sperm. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, it could be having an impact on that at that level too. Well, they did yeah. talk about that. Microwaves they absolutely did, especially if you if people that hold laptops, you know, on their laps while they're mm-hmm. like typing and, right. and looking, mm-hmm. and or carrying a cell phone on your hip and your pocket is really not good for you. Not good. Well, so, but you could also make the argument that maybe we could use microwaves or radio signals as a form of birth control i mean i'm sure somebody's looking at that oh no doubt yeah no doubt and the thing is is that one of the things that we've also talked are you about, talking about in a positive sense or are you talking about in terms of both, controlling the population population sense? both oh absolutely yeah. if you could if, yeah. if, if if you could wear something on your on your belt that would that would keep john thomas from mm-hmm. from um making little soldiers you know and right and being able to you know little soldiers little sailors little swimmers whatever oh, okay. I, was, you know? I was wondering what the soldier analogy was there yeah i mean making making a little little swimmers that's, and, that's just military families yeah, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> sergeant sergeant john thomas making more little swimmers and stuff like that and or you, you keep your you know use some kind of radio technology to keep your your eggs if you're a woman to keep your mm-hmm. eggs from receiving the little swimmers or whatever and you know i've, I'm sure I've been following this for that. years eric uh you know, I've been aware of the dangers of EMFs for a 
long time. And yep. uh, just for the listeners, maybe for you guys, there's a site called emfblues.com. It's a small family-owned business, and they they custom make like little ceramic discs and stuff where you can like uh, put on your computers, put on your cell phone, wear on your body. And what it does is it diffuses the uh, electromagnetic fields coming at you. It doesn't interfere with transmission, but it helps protect your body. So I've been doing that for a long time. I wear one around my neck. I have I have them on all my electronic devices. Um, I have it on the keychain in my car. So uh, there is there are ways you can protect yourself. So um, th- this is probably a pretty good segue into what we're going to talk about today: AI. Uh, the, the, okay. You know, the the, um, the coming. Uh, what's referred to as singularity um, and we're going to talk about what that is but but I think all of this technological development is is a lead up toward that and and um, it's it's I, I think it's being infused into our consciousness by um, by the people who control us yeah um, and, and we're going to talk a little did you did I Jim did I send you the West Penra um, paper on AI. Did, did you send it to me? Yeah. Did you say? Yeah. Uh, was it recent? Well, we we looked at it when we were down at the shore when it first came out in July. We looked I at think it you, down there. Yeah, I think I think you did. Uh, I know I sent it to Eric. Um, if you can, I think you did. Go back and dredge that up, or I'll send it to you again. It's it's really a masterwork. Yeah, I don't um, know if I have it any longer. Uh, I'll yeah, send it to you. I was going to send it to okay. you this week, but I didn't. I, I knew you were busy, so. Uh, but when you get a chance, it's it's extensive. I mean, it's probably almost 400 pages, but um, it's 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 a masterwork on this topic, as far as I'm concerned. And we're going to delve into that today. But basically, what he's saying is that um, all of the technology that we're now accessing is is a lead up toward um, us giving up our humanity and becoming more and more more cybotic. I guess you could say cyborgs. Well, well but the human race. You know, uh, yeah, human I've race. been. Fi- you know what? I I made this comment to someone recently because. I don't know if I've been sending it to you guys, but I've been watching, and it keeps popping up again and again. Like there's a quietly growing use of artificial intelligence and mm-hmm. robotics, mm-hmm. more and more and more. Absolutely. In fact, uh, some place I think it's in Japan or China, uh, was it McDonald's or some place is going to be getting rid of fifteen thousand human jobs because yeah. they're replacing them with robots. Yeah. Right. So it's coming. It's definitely coming. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We're we're moving in the direction of humans being replaced by. And going along with that, there's a push on uh, f- for governments to get proactive and start to have like a national like salary for people because they won't be able to work, yet they're going to need money. So to counterbalance the loss of jobs through AI, uh, they're saying like we, we need to like solve this problem now because we're going to have masses of unemployed people with no way to like feed them and clothe and house themselves. Uh, it's it's going to be a huge debacle, I they, think. They, I'm sure that somebody else has another solution that we're going to talk about. In this, Just this kill episode. us off. <laughs> no, you laugh. You laugh. I'm but, not laughing. I mean, I mean. I, no, I, 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 I not, I'm laughing because it makes me nervous. Because I, 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 Nerv- I would, Nervous laughter. Yeah, because yeah. the thing is, is that it's called every- tittering because <laughs> <laughs> if you if you if you look at everything that is going on and you and you step back and you look at the bigger picture it yeah. does seem like there is an effort to just they won't immediately like march us off to fema camps and then no it's going it's much know. more gradual no that. no it's much more gradual well one of the things that's being that we're going to they got to improve talk- the train system first <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 the rail system's a little diff- yeah maybe that's what trump's all you know maybe that's where he's getting out. to 
<laughs> improving the improving the infrastructure. Um, but nanobots, we're going to talk about nanobots yeah. today. Oh, they're God. they're in um, vaccines. They're in apparently we're they're in uh, chemtrails. Um, yep. So we're you know who knows what what they're putting them in. You know, could be in food. Uh, yeah, we back could be up, ingesting them. Did yeah. I send you? Re- I was was it yesterday or the day before? Uh, they've made mo- molecule size uh, nanobots. Did I send yes, you that one? Yes. Yeah, yep. I didn't. I didn't uh, get to read it, but I, I just glanced at okay, it. Okay. Well, that, that's that's all part of this. Yeah. yeah I, I put it, that on the show page. It falls. It falls right into what we're talking. Yeah. About. yeah. Okay. Show page. Well, you guys. Too. Listen, it was fun reconnecting. I hope you have a great show today. Yeah, it's good. Good hearing from you, Jim. Yeah, so absolutely. You're, pro- you're still digesting the uh, Golden Corral. Uh, <laughs> Genetically altered chicken. That I'm you had going out to buy triple X uh, sweatpants <laughs> today. Well, <laughs> well, you know that's one of the problems with the obesity rate is the uh, the five X section in the stores is, <laughs> is, is is being very taxed. I know. know, I know. And as oh, and as 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 people are getting fatter and fatter, and I'm getting thinner and thinner, it's getting harder for me to find clothes that fit because all the sizes are are uh, are just getting ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's a good problem. Well, for me, yeah. for me, it's a good problem, but not right. for everybody else. All right, Jim. Thanks. Hey, it's good talking right. to you again, and yeah. uh, we'll be in touch right. with you. Great, great right. uh, articles today. Uh, um, super. Good. Really, right. yeah, really stuff that oh, one way or another kind of segued into what we're going to talk about. That's you know? great. I'm glad. Okay. <clears throat> and send me that book when you get a chance. I, I, uh, I want to put that on my list. I'll talk All right. To you very later. good. Bye, pal. See you, Jim. All right. See you. Bye. 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 If you're a fan of the show, we would really appreciate it if you would help spread the word and tell your friends who are interested in the paranormal about our podcast and our homepage, metaphysicalpodcast.com. That's the portal for listening to all of our past shows, read our show notes and links that we talk about on each episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Metaphysical Connection podcast by clicking subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. By subscribing, we have a better idea of who is listening and how to better serve all of you in our audience. Be sure to also join us by going to facebook.com slash groups slash The Metaphysical Connection. Once again, spread the word and tell your friends to join us here at The Metaphysical Connection at metaphysicalpodcast.com. I think the, the way that I want to open up this segment here is that when we were talking about AI, and right. I think this is, I think this might be the second show. That Which is doing. not Alan Iverson, by the way. No, no. But I think that, that because um, I think that this is the second time that we've, we've, we've talked about artificial intelligence. Or the mm. Not to this extent, though. Not to we, this extent. We talked about transhumanism, I yes. think. Which sort of gets into that. It does. But it's not quite the same. It's no, it's yeah, but uh, but the thing is, is that, and I had to ask you because because one of the things that we are concerned about as parents is hyper connectivity. Mm. Whereas it's great to be connected with the rest of the world and to see and explore new ideas, like on PBS. It's a great. I mean, and the thing is, is like like everything, everything is like it's like a hand, whether it's a hammer or whether it's a gun. 
or a, a dog or anything. It's not so much the tool itself. It's how you use it. Yeah, yeah I think well, that's true. I think social media is fantastic in, fi- in meeting new friends with similar interests. Up to um, a point. Up to a point. But when right. that's so you all you spend doing, your entire day on it. Exactly. Right. What are you saying? Well, are you saying I spend too much time? Yeah, Facebook is okay. But, you know, you go on there, you check it out for maybe 15, 20 minutes, and then you get off of it. If you're spending your whole day on there, mm, that's overkill. It's, that's way too much. And, what, and that's leading up to what we're talking about today, I think. There's yeah. an ex- there's, there is a point where you can be hyper-connected. Yeah, there's a tipping point. There's a point where people are addicted to constantly being connected on their cell phones, constantly checking Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And there's a, there's a social media outlet I just freaking quit because it was rude and, and, and nasty. And what's the point? But but and and everybody's trying to get on board what's what's gonna be the next MySpace and Facebook. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean I don't know. I frankly I don't get it. A lot of the stuff on there is just pure crap. It's just I mean, I don't I don't care about some cake that somebody made or you know, it really come on. I mean, if it's important stuff, even stuff that's like relevant to you know, emotional stability or something that makes people feel good, okay, I get that. Right, but, right. but just like who cares what you had for lunch? You know, I, I, I don't care. But we I use, really don't. We use Facebook to reach out to people who are interested in the paranormal. Oh, yeah. No, in that sense, I think, yeah. it, I think that's good. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that part of it. And I'm good with that. I'm fine with yeah, that. Yeah, I just, think, it's I just think that's the, perfect. In, you know, the inane stuff that's on there. And the, right. there's a good portion of it that is inane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And it was just like, but I think that there's, a, there's also an aspect to Facebook, whereas... Um, people cannot handle anything that's more than 140 characters. A fine example is that I wrote this article and, and I created a sensational headline. I wrote a sensational, and I, and I, and I called it Requiem, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Requiem for Steampunk. Requiem for a lightweight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is that, and I, I made this case that what, what so many people call steampunk isn't steampunk anymore. There's nothing about, there's nothing punk about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And of course, and, and, and the thing is, is that I did everything I could to keep it under two and a half pages and uh, with, with bold type. And so many people went after me talking about, well, steampunk isn't dead. Steampunk is alive and well because of all the people who are doing steampunk with all these with all these Victorian... But, but wasn't there a party, Eric, that did that to elicit that kind of and That's exactly why I did okay, it. Okay, so yeah, I get that. I get, and that's okay because you're getting people thinking. Get, right. And I'm okay with that. I'm, you know, I'm not against controversy. Right. Uh, what I am against is people using Facebook to, number one, demean other people, yeah. demean other people's ideas. Right. And and to just it gets just too personal and nasty sometimes, you yeah. know. And if I see that from people, I I just delete them, you know. Yeah. I, I don't want to go there. I don't. Yeah. You know. But I think the thing is is that, is that people will comment not on what is said in the article. People will attack the headline and the one or two sentence introduction without even knowing because without absorbing without, the because the, the thing the, is, is the that people said it, what yeah. people had said to me did you think about this did you think about this did you think about this mm-hmm. yes i did 
in the article. I addressed those right. points. Right. Obviously, right. they didn't read the article. Another fine example is that if because um, people were getting excited about NASA discovered Earth-like worlds, mm-hmm. and automatically people are, are 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 wondering, you know, who lives there? Who what what kind of alien civilization lives there? Mm-hmm. And it's like, are, are they like Spock? <laughs> and the thing is, is that that's not what NASA said. No, well, NASA, that's an extrapolation, and and that's normal for people to do that. I yeah. think. Um, but but where this is all leading into today's show is this is all leading up to us becoming more and more technological and more and more less and less human. I think. Yeah. Which is which is where this is all all going to. Right. Um, and, and we've had some some pretty strong heads up on this going back to. Um, in the media, anyway. Yeah. Going back to 2001, A Space Odyssey, which which I think a lot which of was, people which, yeah. um, didn't really get, didn't didn't really get the total meaning I of don't it. Think people, I think people still don't get it. And by yeah. the way, it was a mm-hmm. movie that was released in 1968. Right. I can remember seeing it when I was in high school. Really? Yeah. And thinking... Uh, wow. Well, what, the, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> exactly. Just like, wow, I just didn't... You know, and I've seen it, I don't know how many times since, and I've gradually developed an understanding of what, um, well, Arthur C. Clarke wrote the, wrote the story, and, and, right. and he conferred with, with uh, Kubrick yeah. on the screenplay. I think, I think they, um, they worked on the screenplay together. Um, and and I've, I, I've developed a, a deeper and deeper um, insight okay. into what was really going on. And my interpretation... Is is that society is is moving toward allowing artificial technology to to become a dominant force? Exactly, and and that's what um, and and maybe that's a stand maybe that's standard procedure for developing societies. And and I think I think where we are now is is in sort of the fledgling stage of that with the internet. I think the internet is one of the stages of that. And whoever was it? Al, I think it was Al Gore that invented the internet right? <laughs> <laughs> at least that's what he said anyway. <laughs> my, ma- my mama always said that i would invent the internet I'm, I'm not sure what he was thinking when he said that but anyway uh, he, he he may have facilitated it somehow or something i don't, I don't think he invented it well, but, i want to interject here <clears throat> yeah. really quickly one of the th- important aspects of the internet is that somebody like al gore can say well i invented the internet mm-hmm. and then people can go and look and see who created the internet. And you can see, you can go back to right after the Cuban Missile Crisis, and Jack Kennedy said, we need a, a an electronic infrastructure mm-hmm. to exchange information back and forth. Right. And in the event that something horrible should happen, and this company, BBN, stepped in and, said, and, and created the backbone of what we call the internet today, right. long right. before Al Gore was ever <laughs> a politician. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a joke, but... Um so anyway, getting back to 2001, um, you know, in, in the movie, there's, there's a tipping point where, where the technology sort of um, accelerates beyond human control. Yeah. And, and that's really what Hal, the, the computer Hal represents. Hal 9000, yeah. And um, he, he I, I'm giving him a masculine 
gender. I'm I'm not sure that that was intended. Well, I mean, Douglas Rain, who did the voice of Hal. Yeah, he's, he's he a, a male man. voice, right? Um, he he became aware that um, that the astronauts were kind of plotting against him. Right. Remember the scene where he was kind of reading their lips when they were they were talking about yes. disconnecting him or yeah. or at least dysfunctioning him somehow. Yeah, getting uh, just <clears throat> disabling his higher brain functions. Right. And and that's when it sort of went over the edge. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me. And I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen. Where the hell did you get that idea, Hal? Dave, although you took very thorough precautions in the part against my hearing you, I could see your lips move. Hal, I won't argue with you anymore. Open the doors. Dave, this conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. Hal? 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 And, and that's, where the, that's really what the tipping point is, is when the technology becomes self-aware right. and becomes defensive and, and begins to um, desire to replicate itself and defend right. itself. Um, and Hal had pointed out earlier in the movie, hey, there's a couple of things here that's going on that that I don't understand. And, mm -hmm. and, and Hal was told to lie about what was going on. And it was like, because Dave Bowman and Frank Poole didn't know about the monolith that they were going to go and, and investigate that was orbiting around Jupiter. Right. And all these people well, it was on the moon too. Right. And it was on the moon. And it was it wasn't until David Bowman turned off <clears throat> Hal and he saw the message that was prepared for them. Mm -hmm. And because Hal was told to lie, Hal kind of went a little crazy because he didn't know how to lie. He didn't know what to Well, keep you know, that's right. an interesting point, Eric, because when you think about it, <clears throat> what what what's really happening is that the artificial intelligence is is mimicking the behavior that it sees from from the humans yeah so in essence they're kind of like your kids you're your remote role model for your kids and they're mimicking the behavior that that they see from you and that's yeah. really what happens with artificial intelligence so they're really mimicking the qualities that that the humans are portraying and and let's face it humans are tend to be a predatory species species yeah. really so, yeah <laughs> so that's what the that's what the artificial intelligence is mimicking and that's what's creating that behavior yeah. in in that artificial organism yeah so that's that's a real crucial point i think um so if we're displaying that kind of behavior that's what they're gonna spit back at us yeah in a, in a more concentrated form maybe um so if we become um a threat to them that's when they kick that's when that kicks back at us exactly and, and that's where we where we go over to that point where the artificial intelligence begins to become dominant a fine example is also the movie war games whereas is that they had like the movie starts out with a test to see if whether or not the 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 the, the two officers would actually in the event of a of an atomic war would they actually launch the missiles would mm -hmm. they actually turn the keys mm -hmm. and one guy said i'm not fucking doing it yeah. i'm not doing yeah. it so they installed this computer mm -hmm. that took over the 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 launch of all the uh, of all the missiles mm -hmm. and then the thing is is that this computer was sort of like you know 
what's the scenario? What's the what? How could we actually win a, a, a nuclear war? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that everybody was in a panic because the computer was counting down to launch all these missiles. Right. And and it turned out that the computer came to the realization that there's no way to the only way that you could you could win an atomic war is to not fight one. Right. Is to not have not right. to play the game. Right. And it was like which is which is just the opposite from Terminator, where <laughs> where Skynet said, mm, "I think I'm gonna like wipe out the whole population because they're really just annoying." I'm gonna I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm going to terminate the population of the planet before right. they turn. So off. so Skynet, which which is a brilliant concept, uh, by by James Cameron. Yeah, uh, I guess he developed it. Um, we don't know for sure, but um, there's some controversy <clears throat> about that as well. Well. Yeah, there's some controversy about whether or not these movies and these things are, are really just ways of um, letting us know that this is coming. Yeah. You know? And after all, James Cameron is a 33rd degree Mason, so um, who knows yeah. where, where that came from, you know. Um, but anyway, getting back to 2001 in terms of this, uh, when you think about the opening where, where you have these, you know, these primates yeah. that were supposedly the progenitors of our, our race on Earth. Sure. Um, in some shape or form, the the the, the monolith appears mm-hmm. there, and in that sequence, the 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 primates begin fighting. Yeah, which is you know kind of predatory behavior like we just talked about. Yeah, and and what happens to the bone they have? It becomes a weapon where they where they yes where, where they club club each other with it. And then they, one of them throws it up in the air and it starts turning and it turns into a spaceship. So, yeah. the, so, the, so the message there is that this monolith has created, has created this evolutionary track. Had somehow trained the monkeys to create weapons and create tools. By the way, well, had, it, it turned their thinking in that direction. By the way, did, have you ever is. read the book that, that Arthur C. Clarke? Long time ago. Yeah. The entire notion is that there's a lot more to that because the thing is, oh, is yeah. that yeah, the, the, mon- the movie only touches on it. Because the now. thing is, is that the monolith is in the middle of um, uh, the, this this tribe. And and in the book, the thing is, is that the, um, through the monolith, over watching this tribe, they learn how to do things like tie knots and other little basic skills like start fires and, mm-hmm. and I might be extra exaggerating a little, but the thing is, is that there were so many things that led up to the monolith, you know, whispering into sky moon watchers head, use the bone as a weapon, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And whereas, and it was like, I think, and I think that a lot of people who have seen the movie, but have not read the book. Um, and it was probably one of the first times somebody actually wrote the book after making the movie, mm-hmm. Arthur C. Clarke. Mm-hmm. He, um, you know, he wrote the script first, then he went back, and then he then he wrote right. the wrote the the, the, the like a, book like a novelization. And, and 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 the thing is, is like and and it is it's a phenomenal piece of work. Oh yeah, it's brilliant. And, and it it's goes brilliant. into how and as human beings progress and how computers progress, the computers become more human like, more self aware, and yeah. and the human beings become less, become less right. human, mm-hmm. and become more computer-like right and and the thing is is that this is something that we're seeing now with kids who are constantly plugged in to the social media the thing is is that the people who are on on the on the snapchat or or the the 
the, the instant messaging and whatever is more real to them, I guess, than the people who are like standing right in front yeah, of them. That's that's hard to imagine, but, uh, but it's I, I don't have that concept. Well, I, yeah, I, I agree. It's happening. It's just strange. It's 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 almost like a um, an alternate personality or something. You know, yeah, they have an alter ego almost in some sense. Yeah, that's that's technologically based, and they will do and say things uh, through technology that they would never do. Or say in person, yeah, you know, which is odd to me. Um, so you know that my thinking over the years has changed about the monolith. That I, I now see that as an alien intelligence, yeah, that somehow instigated this whole process of evolution with the human race, leading it in the direction of becoming like the. You know, what I mean, I think Hal was an extension of that technology yeah that alien technology i i used to see the the monolith as just kind of a beacon that notified whatever whatever whoever the intelligence was that put it there that we were getting yeah. to a certain stage yeah but i i see it a little differently now i think yeah. i think that actually instigated the the progression um so at least that's my thinking anyway i mean there's all different ways to interpret i always it, i always thought of the monolith as, as being um like the cosmic equivalent to a Swiss army knife, whereas it has many tools in its arsenal that is is able to manipulate human humanity in a certain way. Mm. Well, is used as a it, yeah. is used as a beacon. Mm -hmm. And then in two in the sequel in 2010, it was instrumental in turning Jupiter into a sun in and of itself. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's got a huge degree of power attached to it. Right. In, in many ways. And then on the other side of the coin is is the Terminator, where uh, again you know talking about Cam what Cameron's uh, thinking was, if, if he in fact was the one that came up with the concept, um, is that you know at some point when you develop technology, it becomes um, something that is no longer productive for the right. for the human race, and that, which is what the whole concept of the Terminator is. Yeah. So it's something that I think we really need to start thinking about because it's you know the, the progression of this kind of thing is moving so rapidly and not in a, it's not <clears throat> and it's it's and it's if you look at what so many other science fiction writers have talked about right in right. development of ai mm -hmm. and many of it a lot of it is just like a reinterpretation of mary shelley's frankenstein but a lot of really great science fiction authors have really sort of said and a lot of like Stephen Hawking is another one of those people who have said you really don't want to go down this road because mm -hmm. the thing is is that what happens when we make computers too smart and we ask them to make hard decisions that we can't because if you look at what's going on in the American political system right now nobody can really agree on anything you have two warring tribes and that's what they are they're tribes yeah yeah, they are. I agree. Fighting against each other. Mm -hmm. Nobody can agree. No two sides can agree on one thing. And then there are even factions. They're within fighting for the dominance. Is they're what fighting they're for dominance. Right. The, like, the, like, like the cavemen in 2001. There's not much difference. Let's be honest. And No, not much difference at all. And, I don't think. and, and what we want to do is we want to be able to that will make a machine that will make the, the hard decisions that we don't want to make. Mm-hmm. And if we say to HAL 9000, hey, here's the problem, and here's the parameters, and we need to solve this problem, 
Let's just say that we ask Hal 9000, how do we solve this issue with healthcare? And we give Hal all the information. And then Hal thinks about it for however long he, he wants to take. And Hal comes out and says, the only way to fix this is that we have to, we have to kill 10 to 25% of the population. Mm-hmm. What would happen? People would go crazy, obviously. You know, I mean, I, I, that can't. I mean, that I'm not sure that that's not an agenda, like a, like a covert agenda, of of a group that. Um, well, I don't would, think they'd like to see I, that happen. I don't think that they'd make that finding public. But what if there was? What if? What if there was a? I'm not sure that that's not part of the agenda already. Yeah, honestly, truthfully, I mean, who who knows that maybe DARPA or some other organization has created a supercomputer and they said we have this problem. What's the solution? And whatever the DARPA equivalent to HAL 9000 is, you have to get rid of a certain number of the population. You have to keep the population on planet Earth below a certain number. That's, that's the concept of, of the New World Order, yeah. where, where that's going to, redu- that's, reducing, that's the, going reducing to. the human population. And, and I think, actually, I think you could say New World Order equals singularity. Yeah. I think it's... I think it's I think singularity is going to be the instrument yeah. for, for, that in, for that end game, for that intention. Um, so what, what I'd like to do is um, mention or, or base a large part of our discussion anyway on, on a paper that came out. Um, it's actually an ebook, really. Yeah. It's more than a paper. We actually um, have a link to it on our homepage. Right. Not the homepage, right. but the show but, page. By, show 52. By a, yeah, by, by a gentleman um, named, I'm not sure to pronounce his name. I think it's Penray, Wes Penray. Yeah. Or Penra. I think it's Penray. Um, uh, it's called, I'll, I'll read the, the title. Uh, it's called, and it's a long title, Synthetic Superintelligence and the Transmutation of humankind, a roadmap to singularity and beyond, and and it really is, um, and I, I think we're probably gonna. There's so much material here. We're probably gonna end up doing two shows. Yeah. Um, uh, it it really is a brilliant piece of work on this topic. Well researched and um, quite a quite an insight into to where I think all this is leading, or, or at least where he thinks it's leading. Yeah. And I think he's right on in a lot of in a lot of cases. Now. The discussion of, of of his work has to start with his, I guess, worldview. Yeah, would be logical, and and he breaks the controlling aspects of of our society down to four groups. Um, that group at the top of the heap, he he believes are ETs. There's an ET presence on mm-hmm. Earth, um, and and he says that they're the ones that are really running the show. You know, we always talk about the government doing this, the government doing that. Well, not so much. The government is a well, not us. It's, it's I mean, mm-hmm. we no. I mean, we. I don't think you and I believe that. No, I mean, I mean, people. I, when right. I say we, I mean okay. in general. Okay. We. Um, people think, oh, the government's doing this, the government's doing that. They're either you know either, either good or bad or somewhere in between. Right. You know? um, but but his belief is that it's really just a that's just a shadow play. That you know the government that we see is really not. The power shadow <laughs> shadow play <clears throat> taken from Plato's Republic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The the shadows on the side of the cave, 
is is what we're seeing. The you know, we're yeah. not really seeing the actuality of of power. And he's got a lot of terms that he uses for this. He calls it the the alien invading force or AIF. Yep. Which is which is kind of interesting. Um, the overlords, cosmic outlaws. I like kind of like that yeah, one. Yeah, cosmic uh, outlaws. That, that resonates. Gods with a small J. Yep. Um, fallen angels. Uh huh. Warlords. Yep. Um, controllers. Yep. It's it's kind of all the same thing. Um, and these are all um, <laughs> terms that are used by different people. Um, and of course, the overall term that we like to use, or I say we, more me probably than you, but the Anunnaki. Yeah. Be, because there's, that's sort of the name that everybody kind of recognizes now. Yeah. It's, well, some people anyway. Um, if you're a listener to the show, then yeah. 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 And if you've followed Zachariah Zitchin's work, that's, yeah. that's the you know that's the group that he postulated was the, yeah. was the uh, controller of the human race yeah in, in essence uh, and then the next group down would be um, ET human hybrids yeah these are these are individuals that were hybrids specifically to to um, be integrated into the human race as yeah. sort of controllers you know people that um, we're, we're set up to be in power positions. Yeah. And these are names that we we would, for the most part, recognize. We have the Rockefellers. We have the Rothschilds. Yeah. And, and your your friendly family, the Bushes, yep. would be among that group. I don't know why you seem to think that I'm huge fans of the Bushes. <laughs> no, I, I just think you I, I just think you see them as role models there. <laughs> for, for, for how to be evil. <laughs> Evil um, <laughs> minions, <laughs> which is what West calls them minions, which which I kind of right. agree with. <clears throat> and then the next group down would be the people who would kind of get their marching orders from from the minions, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds yeah. and the Bushes. Um, this would be international bankers, um, CEOs of companies, yeah, um, industry type of people, and of course politicians, where, yeah. of which some of those kind of interlap. Right. overlap with the brushes right. and people like that. Um, and, and these are people that sort of do the dirty work yeah. of the, you know, of the next group up. And then the final group, um, are the, just the kind of regular people that are corrupt, you know, like corrupt politicians, judges, you know, people that can be bribed to, to, to let these activities so, go so on. So he's talking about four layers four, of hierarchy. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I mean, what do you think about that? Does that sound right to you? Or it's, it it's, it, it's, I mean, for me, it's so, it's so on. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. It's just, it's just, it, it's, it's also just so obvious. When you look at it. If you look at it long enough. If you look if past the obvious. Right. That we see. And, and it's like, and, and, and you look at all of this, and you look at so many things that are going on, and you look at it in retrospect, you're sort of like, that, make, that makes sense. Like, I mean, I'm going to go back to the 2088, I'm sorry, not the 2088, the 1988 presidential election. I was going to say, wow, you jumped into the future there. I did. I've seen what's happened. Did it's, some remote viewing, I guess. It's not good, but... Uh, um, but uh, yeah, um, and and things are things get even worse when President Kanye West gets into office. So um, Kanye, I mean Kanye, Kanye. Yeah. I always get his wrong, name yeah. wrong. But you go back to okay. you look at you look at the 1988 election, right? And you look at it, Mike Dukakis versus George W. Bush. Mm -hmm. 
How in the world can, in retrospect, looking at that, how, how can you actually believe that Mike Dukakis had any chance of winning? Well, just his name alone, Dukakis. You know what I mean? How do you get past that even? You know? I, don't even I don't even think you can. And, right. and you, you think about that, and it was just like, was that set up? Was that rigged? Do, do you think? Was that rigged? Because the thing is, is that, I mean, Mike Dukakis may have been a great governor of Massachusetts, author of the Massachusetts Miracle, but, but the thing is, is that him against, like, a quiet, silent killer? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, how can you not look at that and say, what were the Democrats thinking? You know? I don't... But, but there again, it's, it's set up. It's it's rigged. It's yeah. It's it's set up ahead of time. It, Whatever, whoever gets in, I'm I'm confident, or my my thinking is confirmed that whoever gets elected is is the person that was supposed to be elected by you know this the hierarchy this, this hierarchy of, of people. Yeah. And, and you're talking about them arguing now over health care or whatever the heck they're arguing over. It's all they're all doing the bidding of these upper level people. Sure. You know they're they're just the they're just the puppets yeah. for all that. Somebody says, you know, this is what you have to do. And they do it. We need the government to take care, take over this aspect of the economy. But we want you to label it in such a way that everybody will get on board with it. Right. And everybody think that their, their um, thoughts are being factored into or their needs are being factored. Like the Patriot Act. Which is totally the, wrong. The, the Patriot Act has nothing to do with patriotism. It is probably one of the most anti-patriotic things you could possibly <laughs> think of. But, but put, a, put a word like that on it, and everybody thinks, oh my God, it's got to be good. You take... The, yeah. and you, you take it's clever. I mean, these people are clever. They're not fools. Yeah. You take, you take the, the, the phrase affordable health care, right. and everybody says, oh, how, how can you be against affordable... All it is is the government taking over health care. Right. And whether it's for good or for evil, it doesn't matter. It's the government taking control away from doctors and patients, I think. And, you know. I mean, I think there has to be some system in place, but not one that benefits a small group of people. Exactly. Um, Less government isn't always better either, I don't think. No, no, there has to be a balance. Yeah, it does. There has to be a balance. But at the end of the day, it has to equal... What's best for the American people? Yeah, and there's and the thing is that's the it, bottom line, or it should be. That's but it's not the bottom line. And there are, there are good aspects to like the Affordable Care Act. There are some good aspects of it, mm-hmm. but there are other aspects of it that's a that's a horror show. Right. Right. So we're getting a little off topic now. Let's right. let's get back to to, but to I, AI. But and, I, and I, I but the, the, where I sort of bring this in is is that I think that we I have approached a point where people are saying, God, I wish that there was a better way that we can make these decisions. Let's get a powerful thinking machine like IBM's Watson to make these decisions for us. Well, I, IBM's a big player in this. Go ahead, a, a real yeah. big player. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Wes. Wes Penray uh, really really highlights um, the work of of this one author. He's actually a scientist, I guess, is what he is. I'm trying to I want to get his name right. Uh, Ray Kurz Kurzweil Kurzweil. Okay. Uh, he wrote a book in in 2005. Uh, about the the coming singularity, uh-huh. 
Um, and, and he postulates, and, and I, I guess this date is based upon him extrapolating the, the progress of, of artificial intelligence. But he, he points to 2045 as being when singularity is going to take effect. Mm -hmm. um, so what's your concept of singularity? Singularity is, is like, it's really sort of like what we're, what we're sort of seeing now, whereas all these devices are interconnected with each other mm -hmm. in such a way that, I mean, fine example, I'm sitting on the couch last night and I'm looking at my cell phone and I'm watching like a YouTube video and I see this thing where it's like, oh, I can beam it to the Xbox. And, and all this, I took over the TV and the thing is, is that it's like, it's like, it's like Bluetooth Wi-Fi. I mean, so the singularity is Bluetooth Wi-Fi, the, uh, the smart grid, everything interconnected. And on top of that, humans being able to interface their brains directly into the Wi-Fi, the internet, Bluetooth, whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's and whatever to. it is. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you living half your life in the here and now and the other half of your life in virtual reality. Mm -hmm. So, so I think what it really comes down to is singularity is the point at which humans are no longer human, uh -huh. completely human. Um, and, and he points to the development of, um, I guess you could say it's a supercomputer. Um, and, and really what it is is, and Penra, or Penray, believes that this has already been done. Yeah. Um, this other guy, Kurzweil, feels that 2045 is when this is going to be accomplished. So, and he may be masking the fact that this has already been done. Sure. But, but, but what we're talking about is where the human brain has been completely cloned. And they're able to create a, a device... Uh, um, an artificial intelligence that mimics the human brain completely and the functioning right. of the human brain, which is a very intricate piece of uh, work. Yeah. You know, the human brain is an amazing device. But at that point where we're, we're able to create that artificial intelligence to the point where it simulates a hum the workings of a human brain, yeah. that's, when the t that's the tipping yeah. point. That's where, that's where we go over the edge. That's, yeah, that's where artificial intelligence kind of at that point and at that point like you were saying that's where everything becomes in, interconnected and um, we're able to access things um, telepathically yeah because we will all be tied into the central brain and I think IBM is a big player in this mm -hmm. they may they may be the one that ends up that maybe the company that ends up developing it or you know at least being the the one that markets it maybe, or, or however it comes about, I don't know. Like whatever comes after IBM's Watson. Yeah, that, well, that could be the beginning stages of it. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's where it's kind of leading. And, and that's the, I think that's the end game for, for this group that really is controlling everything. Mm -hmm. It's leading in that direction. Once that happens, um, I don't think we're really going to have much control at all in terms of being human. But there's a lot of people out there who sort of like look forward to that, who look forward to the idea of no longer being in control. All the hard decisions is going to be made by a rational 
thinking, quote unquote. Well, this machine. guy, this guy Kurzweil is uh, selling it as benevolent. He's he's not saying it's going to be. I think he, yeah, a, a, a dominant force. He's saying that it's going to be a helpmate to the human race. Which mm-hmm. for how long? For how long? Well, until it reaches the point where it's where it becomes self aware, becomes like Skynet. We <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That's that's a brilliant concept because that's yeah. exactly what it could be. You know, Skynet when it when it became self aware in the movie, yeah. Terminator, what what one of the things it recognized was the fact it didn't need humans anymore. Humans became and humans became a no. Humans became a threat because they started to panic and they tried to shut him down. Well, exactly. Shut yeah, Sky, taking it to the next level. And then yeah. when Skynet noticed that the, that the human beings were start trying to shut it down, mm-hmm. that's when it launched all the nuclear missiles. Right, and election. realizing that Russia was going to counter that. Yeah, and there you go. You know, nuclear war. There's also a great movie out there. It's called Colossus, which is where. Um, well, the controversy against uh, James Cameron comes up with because the Russians and the Americans come up with two supercomputers that try to calculate what's the best way to win a war. Mm-hmm. And out of the American Colossus and the Russian counterpart of Colossus says, no, we're not going to fight. We're not we're going to take over. And these two supercomputers on both is sides that, of the planet. Is that called Putinius? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, these, and these two supercomputers like take over and say, no. Now you're going to do what we tell you to do. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, and but the, the, the crazy thing is that there's a segment of the population who thinks that that's a great way to solve problems. Give it all to the computers. Do what the computers tell us to do. Right. right. I and an, that's the problem. I have that's, an, I, I have an, that's the danger. I have an app on my laptop, not my laptop, but my cell phone, that reminds me when to drink a glass of water. And I'm thinking to myself... I'm not thirsty. Really? Yes, I'll show it to you. That's see, there you go. That's 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 getting beyond making sure usefulness. You, make sure that you drink mm-hmm. your two liters a day, and mm-hmm. it, it helps you to pace it. And it was well, just, okay, but you can't like do that yourself. You can't say, okay, it's one o'clock. I need to drink my bottle of water or whatever. Yeah, I mean, really, really, that's absurd, as far as I'm concerned. But there's people who think that that's. I mean, do you think that's okay? You. Do I'm thinking. I'm think that that's a good idea. Well, I'm thinking to myself because the thing is, is that it's like, I mean, what if I, what if I had like, like medication that was life or death, and I had to take it like once every three hours or once every four hours, maybe that would be helpful. But but and, you should be able to remember that. I mean, some, if you're mentally compromised or something, maybe. But you're, you know, you're, you're obviously a. A bright. I mean, the the thing is, is that I use my cell phone as obviously a means of communication. Mm-hmm. It has a calculator, it has a calendar, um, it has like pop ups to remind me if I have like the dentist appointment. It's I don't need a calendar anymore. The calendar mm-hmm. that I have hanging on the wall anymore is there just for decorations. Mm-hmm. I don't need a calendar right. because this little device has a calendar in it. It has my. It has what used to be a Rolodex. It has. It's replaced a lot of things that used to clutter up my desk, and now I have things cluttering my desk that are just, I don't know, like things I, I don't know what the hell to do with. Right. To just kind of accumulate. It's now yeah. it's a different kind of clutter, but the thing is, is that it but was. I, but I think we're moving toward humans not recognizing the fact that. They don't really need that stuff. You know, I mean, do you really need 
to have something, something, some device remind you of something. Okay, it's convenient, I guess, but it's also making you lazy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it leads to. Yeah. We become less responsible, less responsible for our own existence. We, we have a device telling us but, when to do whatever. But now I'm, now I'm missing less appointments, though. Does that make any sense? Well, maybe. I mean, but... I mean I'm at the dentist's office. I'm at the de- I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's it, it's no different than having a date book. I mean, do you remember having a date book where you yeah, would actually yeah. have a small no, book that, that makes was like sense. it was, yes. a, it was like, like a planner. Yeah, it was like you know, yeah. a planner. It's no different. It's yeah. it's an electric planner. Okay. Okay, but but at some point you have to ask yourself, do I need to have this device do this for me? I think. What whatever it is. You know, moving beyond just appointments. Okay, that could be something that's a little more convenient. Yeah, okay. But do you really need that? Do you, do you need to have access to that con- that level of technology to be to be um, an effective human being? I'm either going to do I'm either going to do it on a piece of paper, like a like a like a pop, pocket ca- uh, calendar, like a pocket mm-hmm. calendar. But that's not technology. Or that's I'm going not to do technology. It, or unless you I'm, call it pencil and paper technology. But how is paper and pencil not technology? Well, it's 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 innate for one thing. It's not active. Technology to me has to be interactive. And in see, way. the thing is, is that for me, I look at paper and pencil as being like the earliest, mo- the simplest form of technology. Well, I guess you could make that case. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that I totally hold with that, but. Um, I, I think that the overall point I'm trying to make, I guess, is that I think humans are becoming more and more reliant. And I totally agree on, with on that. Technology, I totally agree with that. Um, which is leading to the next stage. You know, the, the minute you become totally comfortable with all this technology, then it leads up to the next step where technology starts to become um, something that you can't live without. Yeah. And then that's that happening leads, now. That's happening now. Yeah. I mean, and then that leads to the next stage where technology starts to become the dominant force and, and, and starts to dominate human yeah. kind. And that's really what singularity is. And I think that's the end game of, of whoever it is that's, that's trying to control the, the whole shooting match. So by buying into this technology, you're sort of you know, opening the door for that kind of thing. I'm At least open, I think. Well, I'm not saying you, and specifically, if you want to take that on, that's sure. okay. But I'm saying, I guess I should say we as a yeah. as a society. Because I mean, you used <clears throat> to see these people walking around with these huge day planners, and if mm-hmm. they were stolen or they were lost, they were screwed. But now you have something that's smaller, fits in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And it sends, it could send an alert to your TV, it could send an alert to your laptop, it could send an alert to wherever. And it was just like, it's just an electric day planner where you you can also make phone calls with, but then you see people who are complaining about how, well, the technology isn't convenient. And then it was just like, then you, then you got this, you know, you, you got the cell phone that communicates with your watch. At what point are you going to think, you know, I'm going to move the watch to a contact lens that I put on my eye. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it keeps going. That it keeps pushing. The envelope keeps pushing. And then, yeah. I'm, and then I'm going to put a chip in my head 
mm. that's going to make me do the things that I should, then you're, then you're screwed. Well, that's where it really goes over the edge. Yeah. And, you know, there's a whole thing about whether this ever comes to fruition or not. That You know, it's, it's even mentioned in the Bible about the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast. Where, where people will need to get chipped in order to be, have access to, you know, to getting loans and yeah. that kind of stuff. Access to the monetary system, which, you know, which is questionable whether you really want that or not. But, um, you know, to live your day-to-day life, you have to have access to it, to, to it at least to a degree. Yeah. You know, so if you're given that choice, what do you do? You know, do you, do you what go do with you it? Do? Or what do, do you do? Do you get chipped or to chip or not to chip? If, if they were going to say tomorrow, everybody has to get chipped. It right. would be such an outrage. Mm-hmm. But if you did it a little bit at a time, from day planners to cell phones to digital watches with all the reminders to the contact lens to the chip in your well, head. Well, it's kind of what's happening. That's I mean, what's it's, happening. it's getting, it's not, you know, it's not, Big leaps and bounds. No, um, it's a death yeah, by I think, a thousand cuts. I think it was I, even IBM said that technology is best introduced in dribs and drabs. Yeah, um, which is probably the same thing as uh, any kind of divulging of any kind of information that you know that they want to get out yeah. there. It's probably done in small, small steps. Yeah. Um, but here's here's another question, Eric. Uh, and you're more of a technology person than I am. You're yes. probably the next stage of, te- of a technology person yes um, in terms of being reliant on it anyway yeah. um, what happens when all you know a good portion of the people are reliant on technology I mean yep. so reliant that they would have trouble getting through their day without it yep um, I mean I use some I access some technology but um, I think I could get through the day without it if I, if I need yes. to. Yes. Um, what happens when people, the majority of the people get to the point where they can't really function without technology and then the grid goes down? Can I what give ha- you, what happens? Can then? I give you an analogy of that? Go for it. All right. So, um, nine years ago we had a horrible ice storm. As a matter of fact, they call it the ice storm of 2008. Right. And I, I, I remember it well. Right, you know, and the thing is, is that we lost electricity for some of us lost it for a couple of days. Some of us lost it, like it for 10 days, 10 days. Yeah. Okay. And the thing is, is that, and I, and I kid you not, society broke down pretty quickly. Whereas there were people who were breaking into other people's houses and helping themselves to what they needed. Really? There were, I, don't, there were, I don't remember that. There were well, because you, you live in the civilized part of the state. Well, and there were more there, or less, and there were and there were people who were getting their generators stolen. There was a there well, were, there, I did. I think I did hear about that. You know, and but, that, but this is now a, a this is kind of a microcosmic but, example. But it was it was very. How many people died <clears throat> though? How many people died because they didn't did, know did to anybody, go? Did anybody die? Quite a few people. Well, died. people died from not venting their their. Their generators, correct. People right died from not venting. People died because you know they. There was a couple that froze to death mm. because they didn't know enough to go where there's heat. They did not know to go. Well, they didn't have yeah, anywhere that's, to that's, go. That's there were there were there was a couple of <clears throat> there were a couple of people who died because they didn't have electricity. But but and the people, point is, you, you can you can think about. Um, Okay, you couldn't get gas for your car or your generator, right? Because the electricity was off, and unless the 
gas station had a backup generator, the pumps weren't working. Yeah, but you exactly. could go a couple towns over where the right. storm didn't impact that and get gas. But right. what if it was much more widespread, like the people whole, would like the whole die. country? People will. Well, people will die. It would. It would quickly break down into into chaos, and people will very die. quickly because we're so reliant on technology. Yeah. You know, if that had happened, you know, I have a 1780 house, as you know, and I and the thought crossed my mind is that during this ice storm, we're actually living the way they probably lived in 1780. They were relying on firewood for heat. Yep. Um, they got water from probably from melting snow. Yep. You know, you couldn't get water because the the pump didn't work. There's water it's all electric. over the place. You just have to go um, out and pick yeah, it. Yeah, but you have to go get it. It doesn't yeah. come out of your pipe. You no. Know? So I, I, you know, the thought crossed my mind that this is probably very similar to the way they lived in 1780. Yeah. Uh, and then we got our, our technology back and everything was back to normal, you know. So that's, a, that's kind of an interesting concept. What would happen if that, all that technology suddenly was taken away? That would be a, have a pretty big impact on the world or the country or wherever the area was that it happened to. People will die. Yeah. yeah, and people will start reverting back to a much more primitive state of being. Than, if than if if we, if to we survive, I mean, the thing you watch a TV <clears throat> show like The Walking Dead. Do you watch The Walking Dead? I do. Okay, yeah. are you enjoying this season? Um, I think it's losing its it, energy. It, right. Yeah. But the thing is, is that the because the you know. I, I think I think that the first couple of seasons was simply phenomenal. Yeah, what happened? Because what, it was exactly what we were just talking about. What happened? It was a breakdown of society. And the thing is, is that it's not freaking. It's not zombies that we're talking about here. We're just talking. What happens when yeah, you take the, away the, the electricity? zombies? Were just the root cause of the right. of the whole thing. But I mean, like, what if there was a, a massive magnetic storm? that wiped out the entire electrical grid. Yeah, like a solar flare or something like that. If a solar flare wiped out all the electricity. A kill shot. A kill shot, as it were. What if what if what if all of humanity lost electricity six months a year? What would happen? Well what would happen if that happened and then some form of um, AI had the solution to that. Yeah. And that was where they, that intelligence became the dominant force because yeah. it would say, oh yeah, I can fix that. Yeah. But, but there's always going to be a but. but there's always a, there's always there's a always price to pay. Be a there's but. always yeah. a price to pay. Yeah, absolutely. So, so maybe that will be the instrument for, yeah. for that takeover. Yeah. Like I said, it's got to be some precipitating event. It's, not, it's probably not going to be just a gradual takeover. Or maybe it will be. I yeah. don't know. That's a possibility. Anyway, um, so that's kind of where we're leading to. And then self-replication is, is another part of that process. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> where, the, where, the, where the AI begins to replicate itself. Yeah. But in it, in it not just a, a one-for-one replication, it starts to upgrade itself. Of course. Um, as Ultron. would be as would be expected, like Ultron. Right. I don't. What's that? I don't know what that is. In the in the in the Marvel universe, somebody creates a robot called Ultron that oh, okay. is supposed to be like a superhero that solves mm-hmm. all of our problems. Right. And yeah. the thing is, is that the source of all of our problems is us. You know. Well, yeah, that's that's <laughs> kind of what it always comes back to. 
Yeah. Even when you get back to the concept of the of the computer uh, mimicking our behavior. Yeah. Well, we created our own monster, kind of speak. It's like you're, you know, going back to Frankenstein. You, you know, you create your own monster, and then what do you do with it? You know, yeah. it's like you in a in in an ultimate form. Yeah. You know, it's it's all the negative qualities that humans possess in a in a uh a really virile form <laughs> and then yeah and then you got a problem yeah you know? exactly and it was like you look at and, and i mean a fine example is the stockpile of nuclear and biological weapons that we have mm -hmm. and now we're finding out that the containment systems that we've had for these things <laughs> they're starting to break down we have we have all these 55 gallon drums of these horrible diseases that have been cooked in these labs and factories. Now that these 55 gallon drums are starting to leak, you know, mm. what do you do? <laughs> That's a tough one. Yeah, I know. Not good. You know, what do you do? Do you build more 55 gallon drums and hope for the best? I mean, I, I, I guess that's what you do. Or ask the computer how to solve the problem. <laughs> oh, just spread it all over the ground. <laughs> Everybody has to take a taste. Right, yeah, take a little, take, put your finger in that. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of where AI is leading. Yeah. Um, so, um, again, we're, we're kind of, are we getting close to our end time here? Or? I mean, we, we can, Hey, listen, this is a podcast. You can go as yeah. long as you well, want. I know, but we, we try to keep it to a certain yeah. limit. But, but um, the thing is, is it in, and I want to use Jim Jones as a fine example or, or, or an unfine example or an unfine example or Charles Manson. And you had these charismatic characters who said to the group, Hey, you have to do this horrible thing. And the thing is, if Jim Jones or Charles Manson could get a couple of people to do this horrible thing, mm -hmm. because they seem to think that, well, he's the savior, the Messiah. He right. knows what he's... Who's to say that if the computer has some kind of HAL 9000 emotional breakdown and the computer says, you've got to do this thing. And we've been following along and, well, okay, He's been right so far, and we do this thing. I'm really feeling much better now. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> so, so, I mean, is that a possibility? I mean, could, could an, if, if we're talking about artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. could artificial intelligence get an artificial mental illness? And Well, it, it could be like a virus or something, right? Something like that. It gets that. injected into it or somehow one, one way or another. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not make it, make it go terribly wrong. Yeah. Um, well, the, the guy that developed Facebook, Zuckerberg. Yes. Mark Zuckerberg. He's, he's already come out and said, and this is, this is a quote, I think, I believe, is that um, Facebook, the direction that Facebook is going in is toward a um, universal connectivity in terms of telepathic communication so so there you go it, it's pretty clear um, he wants facebook leaving. in everybody's heads exactly that's exactly what he's saying and and how do you do that well that's what this this supercomputer would do you know and and i think a lot of these people are sort of working in the same direction yeah you know bill gates i yeah. think is yeah uh, you know we talked about um, 
him having that conference with all the billionaires where where they all kind of identified the biggest world problem as being overpopulation. Yeah. Um, so kind of what do you do about that? You know, where, how do you... How do you use technology to solve that problem? Hal 9000 puts everybody <clears throat> to sleep and just somehow forgets to wake everybody up. Or whatever. And then, and then you have the next area of like nanobots and, yeah. and that kind of thing coming into the mix. So um, I, I think we should do a part two on this Oh, show, well, I, was, right? I, I was mean, counting on it. This is, this is a, huge, a huge topic. And, and I think probably one of the most important topics that we've yeah. addressed because of where it's leading um, society. Because the thing is, is, is that you look at somebody who says, we want, to, we want to make a technology that is useful for everybody. And it's ubiquitous for everybody. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a great idea. Everybody should have a refrigerator. Everybody should have a washer yeah, and dryer. Yeah, on the surface, that sounds that like a That sounds like idea. a great mm -hmm. idea. But you take somebody, and I think that Mark Zuckerberg has a reputation of being a softer version of Dr. Evil, maybe. Mm. And the thing is, is that Mark Zuckerberg is not known for being a really nice person. I wouldn't think. No. I don't have not read much about him or anything. And the thing is, is that it's like, you want to put this device in everybody's houses. Then you want to put these devices in everybody's heads. What's your, what's your bottom line? What's, what's your what, end game? What's the profit? Mm -hmm. What profit are you hoping to get out of this? Well, how much money could you need? You know, I mean, money is power. Well, that's the next stage. Yeah. You know, and and power is control. Yeah. So there you go. Because the thing is, so it all sort of leads to the same point. Yeah. Do you want to give people a preview about what we're going to say next week about well, this? Well, just as a teaser, let's talk about where and when and how this all got started. Um, something we've talked about before, but I'm, I'm going to kind of leave it at that. I'll, I'll let Eric ponder that. You know, let me and everybody ponder it. I wonder if it has anything, could it have anything to do with Project Paperclip? Oh, maybe? you are such a bright guy. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I think you, you connected into my mind. Yes, telepathically. And, 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 and uh, it must be that... Um, you must have put something in the chair here, I think, that I have these, tapped I have into these, my consciousness. Psychic receptors all over the room. I but. thought I felt something drilling into the back of my my head. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that's probably a good place to start the next show. How did all this stuff get rolling? And yep. And uh, what are you know what are some things to look out for? And maybe what are some things we can do to counter it? Yeah. You know, th telling people to shut all their technology down is I don't think realistic. It's never gonna. It's yeah. never. People gonna are not happen. gonna do that. They're gonna say it's not gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, they're gonna say screw you. You know. Yeah. I I like my. Uh, I like my iPad. Yeah, I, I, I think like a fine smartphone. I think a, fi a fine example is that we watched the three-part series from Ken Burns, and Ken Burns is like the guy's a genius. He's a he's a guru. He's yeah. a guy who knows how to get a point across across in a three-part series. And it's about six hours of t of watching clips and right. and uh, right. things about prohibition. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that everybody had, a couple of people had this idea. We can solve the world's problems if we just get rid of alcohol. Mm. And then they, the 18th Amendment came, and everybody was forced to stop drinking. And that worked great for maybe a couple of weeks or a couple of days. Until right. people started realizing how much money they could make on bootlegging. Exactly. And, and yeah, profiteering. But, but it always comes down to the same thing. 
it's not the alcohol is not the problem. It's the people's desire for the alcohol that needs to be addressed. It's people's behavior. It's the same as drugs. It's the same as opioids now. Yeah. They, they talk about how to stop people from taking opioids and blah, blah, blah. But what they never really drill down to is why do they want to take the opioids? Why do they need to take them? Why do, you the need to, why do you need to take drugs? Right. And is it, is it that much different with technology? It's not different at all. No, it's, it's really a different kind of an addiction. That's all. It's People a, are addicted to their technology. It's a different solution you know? to the same problem. You know, you, we, we've said this multiple times now, but you go into a restaurant and you see a family of four people, and instead of talking about, hey, look at the, you know, the cool decorations in here, they're, they're on their smart, they're on their phones. Exactly. They're not communicating. Maybe they're communicating on their phones. Maybe they're communicating other. to each other. On but, their but that in itself is, is, is scary, you know? Yeah. So that's the issue. It's not the technology itself. The technology is not the evil. It's, it's our need for that, I think. Is, is, and I'm not saying it's evil. I'm saying it's a, it's like it's anything a shortcoming else. of some kind. It's like anything else. <clears throat> mm -hmm. How do you use it? How do you yeah, use Yeah, it goes back something? to your old analogy of the tool. What, how do you use the tool? Exactly. The club, you know, do you drive a, a nail with a hammer or do you hit somebody over the head with it? Exactly. You know, it's, it's, very, it's a simplistic analogy, but it's very apt. Sorry. It's, it's very clear. No, I'm not diminishing it. I'm it's just like, saying that it's, it's, it's a very basic analogy that really says it all. And the thing is, is that the computer technology, the internet, everything, and there's a huge elephant in the room here that we're not, we have not talked about because mm -hmm. we're talking about hyperconic connectivity. One of the biggest news items that was released was WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks, talked about CIA and the other alphabet soup agencies and all the tools that they have mm -hmm. to subvert our privacy right. and our Yeah, that just lives. came out the other day, right? And the thing but, is... But that really emphasized our point that we're making today. Yeah. Um, is that the thing is, is that you are so hyper-connected that it's like somebody can shut you down and delete you and your right. existence... Mm -hmm. And we've allowed that to happen. We've allowed it to happen. We've allowed it to happen. Somebody can go into the computer and with a couple of keystrokes, they can tell the, the, the state and federal government, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Smith died. Oh. And then Mr. Smith is like, he has to go through this process and proving that he's not dead. Right. right. There are a couple, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's true. Very true. You know, I mean, one of the things is that, you know, a, a teacher in an IT, a student in an IT department at a, low, at, a, at a college, um, was having an argument with the teacher about which, which causes more harm, a, a laptop or a handgun. Mm. And the thing is, is that the student from, who was studying information technology had said that, uh, no, the, the laptop is more powerful than, than the handgun. And the well, teacher... Can, it depends on how much damage you can do with it. And then the thing is, is that the kid turned around and made this person disappear for an entire weekend and the professor came back the next day and he said jesus you're right the laptop is far more mm. dangerous than a handgun it's yeah. a good example so i guess we're going to wrap it up um again let's let's um try to access our audience and see what yeah what they think about um the influx of technology and 
good or bad. And here's I mean, a, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a little of both, but depends on where it leads and, to. And, and you know what? Let's let's have our audience do something good. Tell everybody about this podcast. Share mm. the podcast. Right. Get on the social media and just spam the hell out of everybody and tell and, them and about try to raise the vibration of the planet. A exactly. Because exactly. I think if people are more self-aware of this kind of thing, yeah, they they may be a little more apt to not necessarily buy into the yeah. total package. And we totally yeah. under we totally agree that there is a little bit of irony that we are using the technology to <laughs> well, promote. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> We're using the technology to promote our message right. and be wary of the technology. We are totally yeah. aware of that. Yeah. It's kind of a yeah. It is an irony in yeah. some sense. Yeah. But, um, but again, it's, you know, hopefully it's positive use of technology. I, I'm, I'm not diminishing technology per se. I just think it's, it's, um, where, where, where the direction it goes in yeah. is, is the problem. Technology yeah. can enhance our lives, Yeah. but it can also open the door for, um, you know, it's kind of a Pandora's box in some sense. Yeah. Once you open it, how do you, how do you close it? You can't. The genie's out of the bottle, Walt. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, some people have a bigger genie than others. But yeah. It's it's what you choose to do, I guess, with it. You know, and it, and it's generational too. I yeah. mean, my generation is is a lot less technological than yeah. say your generation is. Yeah. And it's only a, really a few years difference. But yeah. You're not you're not that much older than I. No, I'm not. Uh, at least in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty immature, Walt. Well, that's true. I think that's... I was supposed to disagree with you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you have me for, Eric. To, to, that, to raise you up. To raise me up. And, <laughs> and, and To raise me up only to put me back down. Thanks for a great show, Walt. Yeah, thanks, Eric. This has been the Metaphysical Connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at thefedorachronicles.com. That's also a great way to get in touch with Walt, Jim, and Eric, and let us know what you think of the podcast, as well as topic suggestions for a future show. If we use your suggestion... We'll send you a t-shirt or coffee mug. Just send along your size and preference with your email. You can be a part of the metaphysical connection between shows by joining us on our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook by going to our metaphysical connection group and following us on Twitter at physics laxative. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes, and other exclusives. Want some Metaphysical Connection swag of your own? Get your own damn Metaphysical Connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them, yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash fedorachronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company, traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship in form as well as function handcrafted by blake brunning find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com so for walt jim and eric this is carol fisk thanking you for listening and signing off until next time keep your chin up and your bra excuse me fedora on
be careful. Slim good body. You, you need to... You need to move your microphone. I know I do. Zoot suit Ryan. Better than I better need to move my bowels. Again. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do anything in your bathroom other than pay her. Not yet, really? Yeah, I hope you're not recording this. No, no, <clears> I'm not recording. Ah, oh my, ah, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just do that to keep you honest there. Fuck. Like, anytime I want to get you, I'm going to tap the end of my microphone. Holy you shit. say something I don't like. Oh my God. I'm going to pierce your eardrums. <laughs> okay, I'm sounding pretty good. You sound great. Okay, how about you? I, you sound great to me too. And, and you sound great to me, so we're good to roll. We're ready exactly. to roll. Exactly, exactly. Ebony and ivory. What? what where I, does that come I, from? I was just thinking about it. That's an obscure pop song. It, it is. It is. I also have, a, but the thing is, I have a broken connection here in this. In this, something's um, crackling. Yeah. What, what is something's that? crackling. I. Um, I thought you sure. had all that stuff. I had ironed all, out. I did, but I'm not sure is, what it is. Is that my? What is that? This here? What are you talking about? That's mine, right? Right. Oh, it's yours. Mine that's... is the one that's. Oh, out. okay. And right. every once in a while, we have. I think that there's a static buildup, and the thing is, if I if I'm running the humidifier, you don't get those the static buildup. Huh. But hmm. I didn't th know th that. Then, then, but the, then you have like the the humidifier running full tilt, and you're all you hear is, is uh, yeah, and that's not good either. And that's not good. Yeah. So anyway, because 